Into the Weird, episode 32, Mystic Trivia. Welcome to Into the Weird, a podcast celebrating the madness and magnificence of the mighty Marvel Bronze Age. I'm your host, Billy D, and alongside me is my co-host, Herman Hellfire Low. How are you, buddy? I'm great, man. Yeah, you better watch out or I'm going to rain hellfire down on you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm like CZ Neg taking out those priests, you know, of Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> oh my gosh if people could only know what we were just talking about you know it's like (laughs) yeah we just came off of a great off my conversation right billy it's it's Mm -hmm. a very very religious topic (laughs) Mm -hmm. so at the risk of offending someone we'll just leave that out (laughs) yeah it'll it'll go good with my recommendation later don't worry we'll we'll have a a little bit of a peek (laughs) yeah we'll include the listeners you know we don't want to drop too much too too many Mm -hmm. hints but yeah billy I'm, i'm great i'm uh Enjoying myself, reading some good comics, sitting here, chilling in the crypts of Ka'u with the living Buddha, you know, drinking some <laughs> rice wine, <laughs> rubbing mm-hmm. his... The corpulent, 
Yeah, the corpulent, corpulent one. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rubbing his tummy for mm. good luck, you know. So, uh, yeah, everything's going great. How about you? Good. I'm sitting here uh, rubbing Umar's feet because uh, she's had a rough day, and that's what she commanded me to do: is give Ooh. her a little her her, her her toes a little rubbing. Here, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it is disgusting. I I glom onto most of the ladies from the Doctor Strange comic. You know, Ebora mm-hmm. and Gypsy Queen, and and of course Clea. Mm. But Umar, she looks like a reject from the cast of The Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah she doesn't look like uh uh brit brit eckland uh no. running around uh pounding on the walls buck naked that's for sure not at all <laughs> not at all man <laughs> uh, too wild and crazy for my taste still umar uh, mm-hmm. but um yeah speaking of umar mm, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a see a little bit more of this lady today and that's because mm-hmm. buddy you and i we're discussing uh gene collins reappearance you know on the pages of doctor strange and that is doctor strange volume two number six fresh off of the silver dagger storyline and the death of steven and the we should say the resurrection of steve steven um mm-hmm. now we have uh you know a new storyline with uh an old artist returning uh Engelhart's still the writer of course but uh we welcome back gene the dean colon one of our favorites right Woohoo! Yeah, for sure. Um, not real super high on the inker here, but we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely <laughs> going to be some Mighty Marvel missteps. <laughs> but you know, we'll launch straight into the discussion. And I, of course, have to mention you know uh, the reason why we're only doing um, number six here is uh, because you know we're going to string along uh, two issues. Um, after this, but we thought we'd we'd include a segment that's going to be a little bit fun, right, Billy? So we don't want to go too long. We want to keep it under yeah. under two hours, maybe an hour and a half for mm-hmm. this episode. So you have cobbled up something mm-hmm. fun for later, which we're going to mm-hmm. surprise the listeners with. And because of this extra segment, which hopefully will return if it proves popular, you know, we're just going to do the one issue of Doctor Strange today. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the reason we're only doing number six here. Mm-hmm. But, okay, let's get to the issue itself. Okay, this is Doctor Strange, Volume 2, issue number six, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, from February 1975. And writer Steve Englehart, penciled by Gene Colon, inked by Klaus Janssen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Colored by <laughs> Petra Goldberg, lettered by Tom Arkowski, and, of course, the editor is the great Len Wein. And I'm mm-hmm. reading this in my Doctor Strange Masterworks Volume 5. Uh, but you can also, of course, find it on Comixology or uh, the Marvel, uh, well, uh, Marvel Unlimited, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I, th- I guess you're re- reading the original issue, right, Billy? Yeah, I have the original issue here in front of my uh, puss. And then I love how there's a little uh, blurb here at the very top. You know, sometimes they throw these little boxes uh with like Shakespearean uh, quotes and stuff like that. I don't know where they got this one from. I should have looked it up, I guess. But it says, There be new stars in the heavens this night, or perchance there be old ones rekindled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very literary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys at Marvel, man, they were, you know, touting their college ed- educations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looking at you here, Roy Thomas. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I I love that kind of stuff. I'm not criticizing that. That's that's a lot of fun. No, I believe I love it. I love it. Yeah, eat it up. 
So, um, you know, basically the synopsis for this one's not going to be long because actually this issue, even though it's it's the length of a normal Marvel issue of the 70s, it's, it feels like it, it's a very quick read, right, Billy? Mm. Yeah, yeah, this one's not too involved. There's not a whole lot going on here. Yeah, so I'm just going to run through the synopsis and then we can discuss some of the, the great art, but, you know, the sloppy inking and then also <laughs> the events. Because after all, we've got uh, not one, but two protagonists returning we'll keep the second one as a secret uh Mm -hmm. but we've already you know let's slip that umar (laughs) is gonna show up so (laughs) the listeners know what they're gonna get yeah all right here we go the synopsis dr strange has clea stroll through the streets of new york and they head towards the new york zoo ostensibly to reverse the spell that clea cast on a rabbit way back in issue number one of volume two that made said rabbit grow to giant size. Well, actually, <laughs> that was the doings of Silver Dagger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Clea manages to revert the rabbit back to its true form, but not quite in the way that Stephen had in mind. On their way back to the Sanctum, the two lovers encounter and have a brief battle against Umar, the unrelenting sister of Dormammu. Doctor Strange manages to banish her with a mighty gust of the winds of Watumb. When they enter the Sanctum, Stephen then tries to determine what Umar was up to. He uses the Orb of Agamotto to spy on her, but she blocks the attempt. <laughs> Deciding to search for her on his own, Stephen leaves Clea and she continues her studies. However, Clea is soon contacted by Mother Nature who pleads for Clea's help in exercising a malignant entity located within the bowels of the earth itself. Clea travels in her astral form to seek out this entity and encounters demons guarding its location. It is then that she stumbles upon a very old foe of Doctor Strange, Reborn. So that's basically the synopsis, mm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'll leave the identity of that foe, you know, as a mystery until the end of our discussion. But it's pr- pretty easy to to mm-hmm. sort of uh, suss out who it is, right, Billy? Oh yeah. So first off, uh, Billy, the cover. What did you think of this oh. Frank Brunner masterpiece? <laughs> yeah, I love this one, and it does make me a little sad like we already alluded to because of the inking um umar looks awesome on this cover she looks sexy she looks scary she looks super awesome on this cover and on the inside not so much but yeah great cover by Bruder here you know dr strange facing down umar and this legion of snakes and demons and bat-like creatures like it's this is a great one love this one this is a really good color good colors you know everything nothing wrong with this color cover at all for me yeah no, i'm gonna have to agree with you there man i love the fact that brunner eventually got to draw dormammu on a cover you know which we saw i think Mm -hmm. to the cover of issue four right um yeah and then now he's drawing umar uh he never Mm -hmm. actually got to draw um a storyline you know with them you know which is sad for me because i love the way he does both of these characters so of course brunner Mm -hmm. being my absolute favorite doctor strange artist of all time uh you know this is great for me to see him doing these covers and you know he is more of a cover artist i think now you know um he's remembered as a cover artist 
because he yeah. did some fantastic covers during his tenure at Marvel. And of course, he's uh, very slow. So you know that normally, you know, guys like Art Adams, you know, is similar to to Brunner. They eventually gravitate towards just doing covers and you know commission sketches for people. But I would have loved to see uh, Brunner being more prolific with his interiors, right, Billy? Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it makes me sad. But, you know, still, uh, Gene, how can you, even with Klaus Janssen botching the inking here, um, you know, um, uh, Klaus worked well with Frank Miller. You know, um, definitely, I mean, there are some, uh, also, you know, even with Frank Miller, there are some, uh, bits that he fouled up but you know um i'm not a cloud klaus jansen fan i'm sad to say uh even though i'm a huge frank miller fan and a daredevil fan and you know of course the other you know uh frank miller works but what about you billy how do you feel about klaus and his inking we'll be back after a quick break it's time to take a ride down the audiobook trail. I am John McLean. Welcome to the podcast. I ended up discovering the world of audiobooks and thinking, you know what? I've found my spot. We'll do bloopers because I have thousands of them. I love a good story. And, you know, I have to admit, as far as vocations go, this one's pretty cool. This is the Audiobook Trail Podcast. We're going to drop a 30-minute episode every two weeks. Audiobooktrail.com. Yeah, I'm not a huge Klaus guy with, like you already said, the one exception uh, being his work with Frank Miller on Daredevil. Otherwise, yeah. he, he's to me, he's just like OK or like serviceable at best. He's I, I would much rather there's half a dozen inkers I would have <clears throat> much rather see on this issue than him. You know, no offense to the man, but uh, yeah, he, he's not my favorite for sure. Wouldn't it have been fantastic if they got Tom Palmer? to come on to this issue. Oh, my issue. gosh. That would have been great. Now, you, you see, uh, Dean's pencils are so strong. Uh, the Dean, you know, Gene, that he doesn't... It doesn't really... You can still see it's Gene Colan, you know, but uh, yeah. the, the the lines are a little bit hazy, uh, even though Colan is known for drawing some, you know, ethereal and hazy scenes. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely... If you compare it to the Tom Palmer inks on Tomb of Dracula then there's a big difference, right, Billy? Huge gap between yeah. those oh, yeah. two. Yeah. So unfortunately, that's we'll, we'll talk more of that, about that in the missteps, but the cover, it's, uh, you know, chef's kiss. Mwah! It's amazing. Oh, yeah, it is. It's incredible. It's like one of, it's one of those deals where I, they, I love that, like a poster of that, like even without the, uh, you know, the, the logo and everything. Just with the, the Doc and the Demons and Umar. Oh, that would be so great. Yeah, I fully agree, man. I would love that. I would love all of these uh, Brunner covers to be prints on my walls, but I never got mm. to. Even as a kid, I never had comic posters on my walls. I just don't know why. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Great cover. And then, you know, uh, Brunner's going to do a couple of covers, you know, uh, still um, for Marvel. But I'm not quite sure what he was doing at this point in time other than covers he must have had some freelance you know commercial art you know deals going on at the time because mm-hmm. that's what he gravitated towards after marvel um yeah. after his comic tenure but um he was still doing some work here for them since all work was basically work for hire you know mm-hmm. so they still made use of him or this could have been some covers he penciled before you you don't know you know 
Um, yeah. But it seems to have been that he, he knew the storyline. He knew that Umar was going to show up, so he included her on this cover. Now, Billy, what yeah. do you think about the story itself? Very simple, but um, some interesting scenes. Yeah, I mean, the splash page, I like the, you know, the uh, copy there, Lift High, the Veil of Fears. I do like that name for the story. <laughs> and then uh, they're saying about it being, you know, very hot out because some guy's like, you know, wiping the sweat off of his, you know, neck here. And he looks at <laughs> Dr. Strange and Clea and he goes, wow, would you look at those two? <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, it appears that they're walking around in full sorcerer's regalia on a hot day. Now, Doctor Strange with his gaudy attire, that's going to be extra, you know, sweltering for him, right? Although uh, this was the 70s, man. I don't know if oh, they yeah. stuck out that much, especially in New York around Greenwich Village. And there's some hippie yeah. chick in the background there. Like, I don't know, man. But as it turns out, Billy, yeah, this guy, you know, probably the heat gave him a brief glimpse of what they really looked like. But it turns out they're under a spell cast by Steven to make them look just like two normal. Well, actually, not normal people. It makes them look like two fashion models. <laughs> right. According to this guy, yeah, they just got out of some fashion mag. <laughs> yeah, but in fact, it says uh, in the you know narration caption that this is exactly where Stephen got the the look from from gentle well his look from gentleman's <laughs> quarterly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the where he took. It's, it's amazing. So they're walking mm. hand in hand. This is you know when I reread this recently for the show, this reminded me of the scene of Avengers. Um, what was it? Avengers Infinity War, where Tony and Pepper, oh, yeah. they were walking in New York in the park near the river and they mm -hmm. were you know, discussing the, 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 the baby that was coming. This reminded me of that scene, you know, and Steven's yeah. got, got his jacket draped over his shoulder, holding Cleo's hand. They're walking along the river. It's a great scene. Yeah, so absolutely. It looks like Central Park, I think, is where they're supposed to be at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you must be right. Yeah. And then they're walking past this giant fountain. And it's it's beautifully mm -hmm. rendered. Obviously, the inking, you know, doesn't you know highlight everything, but it's it's pretty good. I I like it. You get the, mm -hmm. the idea of Stephen and Clea having a much deserved, uh, you know, uh, rest after the Silver Dagger happenings. Yeah. Um, and then they head towards the New York Zoo. So, Billy, is that in fact where the New York Zoo is located? Like from Central there, Park? Yeah. You know, they do have I think they do. I'm pretty sure they have a zoo there. Yeah, I've, I think I've even been there. But, you know, since I have the memory of an 85 year old, I can't remember. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there's there's a zoo right there, like right in Central Park. The memory of an 85 Central Park is huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, it is pretty huge. Yeah, I've played the Spider-Man, yeah. you know, PS3 game. <laughs> I've mm -hmm. swung through Central yeah. Park. But, um, <laughs> you know, you're right. I'm the same. You know, I have a horrible memory. Except when it came, mm -hmm. comes to comics. <laughs> and then suddenly my oh, memory fires up. And then, yeah, like you said, they can find the rabbit and uh, shrink him back down. But then uh, they bump into a, an addict that's uh, looking yeah. for some money. <laughs> oh, this that's is funny. crazy, man. Yeah. He looks like... What does he say? Yeah, he says like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. you go ahead, Billy. I want you to read this. This is funny. He, he Dr. Strange looks at him and goes... You're an addict, aren't you, my friend? And the guy goes, maybe so. In my time, in my studies, I have dealt with many drugs to free the body and the mind. But heroin enslaves both of these, my friend, and then destroys them. And the guy goes, there's lots of destruction in this world, pal. <laughs> yeah, basically he's saying that, you know, if he wants to destroy himself, 
that's his right and he can get to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but this is Steve Englehart speaking directly to us from his perspective of what he's been doing <laughs> lately. We all know what he, you know, <laughs> he loves to, you know, get high and to also expand his mind through, you know, various substances. I mean, he's he's gone on record as saying that. So, you know, this is him mm-hmm. saying that, yeah, you should, you could, you know, experiment, but don't deal with the hard stuff, you know, like <laughs> heroin and <laughs> cocaine. And yeah. this guy, unfortunately, he's on a path. Uh, helping to destruction here and he even points to the sky and says take a look up there man pollution everywhere you know mm-hmm. the, the world's under yeah uh well, the world's got a time limit and then we're the ones you mm-hmm. know <laughs> um making it fly by faster so you know uh, uh dr strange uh, steve uh, clea even asks him isn't there a spell you could use <laughs> <laughs> to help this guy out yeah and steven says some things are beyond even the power of the sorcerer supreme but you know Mm -hmm. this guy turns out to not be quite as well he's not a normal junkie is he billy yeah no he's a he he kind of like walks away from the two of them and then all of a sudden he says the fools as expected dr strange's concern for my addiction proves he's ripe for attack and moreover, his lack of concern that I might have ulterior motives has blinded him to the ulterior motives in my mind. <laughs> and then we just switch to, you know, the two of them walking back to the sanctum. And then this old woman knocks into Doctor Strange and right away he knows something's up. Yeah, yeah, this is great. You know, this is like showing what, well, well what we don't uh, see because, you know, we're not uh, part of the separate reality as Stephen puts mm-hmm. it right, Billy, this is how Stephen Sorcerer's battles normally play out in the streets of New York. You know, except when it's the defenders, you know, accompanying him, <laughs> then it's total destruction. Yeah. Wrecking crew, anyone? But mm-hmm. um, basically, this is what happens. So this old lady bumps into Stephen. And man, she's a sinister looking old lady, right? <laughs> she looks like, um, I don't know who she looks like. She looks like somebody from the set of like Barney Miller or something. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. I was going to say she looks like one of those old ladies you see on YouTube videos where a purse snatcher grabs their purse and they hold on to it uh, for dear life and start beating the guy with her the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like on page 11 there, I don't know if it's a, a, a coloring mistake or what, but page 11, the top panel, she looks like she has a gray mustache. Like, holy crap. Oh, yeah, she looks <laughs> like Stan Lee there. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> But, you know, it's a great mm-hmm. scene where she bumps into Steven and it turns out that this is actually a sorcerer's battle playing out. To the onlookers, it looks like just an old lady accidentally, you know, shoulder charging, you know, a guy from <laughs> Gentleman's Quarterly, a model. But then what we do see is this is, in fact, who is it, Billy? It's Umar. So, you know, look out. Then she, you know, she's like, what does she say? Like, she basically says, like, I don't need this charade. And she... uh turns into her normal guys here and then all of a sudden these creepy little demons and stuff start appearing and it's a little like i mean i like seeing umar but it's a little like not the greatest because he kind of just you know waves his hand and she's gone i'm like eh, wouldn't mm. be nice to have a little bit more of a fight there yeah i mean apparently she put everything into this blast i mean she's she's right off the bat she's coming to it's almost like an assassination attempt uh, similar to silver dagger i believe she was intent on surprising Catching Stephen by surprise, you know, uh, yeah. even though she does view herself as a greater power, a greater sorceress as, you know, that, than Stephen would be. Um, but, you know, yeah, this is Umar, you know, very ornery, 
probably because of a foot massage just administered by a Mr. <laughs> Billy D that didn't go the way she wanted. <laughs> it, it, it didn't lead to... <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> it wasn't a Thai foot massage. <laughs> so, no, there was no happy ending for No me. way. You wouldn't have been up for that. <laughs> uh-uh. Feet are gross. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they are. They are, dude. Listen, and then uh, what does she do? She blasts him with her full power right off the uh, get-go. But then Stephen is on alert, on high alert because of the recent assassination attempt by Silver Dagger, right? He's got the shield of the yeah. Seraphim at the ready, whips it up, and then blocks uh, Umar's bolts. And then she even mentions, she says, wow, you've grown in power since last we met, sorcerer. And then mm-hmm. Stephen just blasts her demons to living hell. <laughs> you know, those, those, <laughs> the, the, the cannon fodder that Umar whipped up. And then he banishes her with the winds of Watumb. And it seems that, you know, when you do that in verse, right, Billy with a bit of rhyme thrown in, it adds extra <laughs> oomph to the spell because Stephen says, Now, Umar, so haughty, no more hold you sway. May the winds of Watumb waft you away. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm loving Stephen using verse there. He thinks he's, uh, oh gosh, what roadblock from G.I. Joe here. Who's going <laughs> to. Rhyme all the time. I love that character I was too. Thinking, by the yeah, way, I but... love Roadblock in the GI Joe cartoon. Not so <laughs> oh much. Oh my god, he was great. Not so much in the comic, but you know the cartoon. He was he was absolutely amazing. Well, he was yeah. ace. GI <laughs> Joe movie, dude. He was the, oh my... the star for me in that movie when he took on a demon, <laughs> pulled some mm-hmm. wrestling moves yeah. on that demon. Oh, I loved <laughs> it. And then you know mm-hmm. Stephen banishes her, and everything just looks like normal to the to you know Greenwich village crowd even if it was a sorcerer's battle unfolding in front of their eyes they probably would have just thought they were tripping balls <laughs> which they were probably <laughs> or, yeah or he would have just mind wiped them it's okay oh damn yeah he wasn't i mean he didn't have mm-hmm. charles xavier scruples even though these days charles doesn't have any of those scruples but you know back then you know steven just mind wiped whoever he wanted <laughs> he was kind of like zatanna you know, from the Justice League and Identity <laughs> Crisis. <laughs> yeah. Although he gets a little snappy with Clea here. Like oh, yeah. he makes sure nobody saw anything. And then he goes, but we, Clea, must pursue this matter now. And he yeah. like, grabs grabs her by the hand and they go in the sanctum. I'm like, yo, calm down, buddy. Dude, was she lagging behind? I mean, come on, Doc. This isn't Wong you're treating. Well, you know, <laughs> he's even treating mm-hmm. Wong better than he does Clea sometimes because after all she mm. fouled up with the rabbit <laughs> <laughs> Steven's... but then we have a uh, Avengers Defenders War uh, mm. reference here I like that that's pretty cool that is cool because after all that's the last time we saw uh, the brother of Umar Dormammu because every mm-hmm. time Umar appears Stephen kind of thinks that Dormammu's you know involved and he usually yeah. is because Umar can't seem to do much without well she can I mean she's her own lady her own woman her own power source even her own force but you know she uh, normally stories featuring umar eventually lead to an encounter with dormammu right billy Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely usually yeah and in the defenders uh, the avengers defenders war uh loki of course was working in tandem with uh, dormammu and then the ending of that um basically resulted in dormammu being sucked into the evil eye which was mm-hmm. the main uh, 
you know, um, MacGuffin they were using in that storyline. And then, you know, he disappeared. He died, you know. But yeah. then Stephen has theorized that, uh, you know, along with um, advice given to him by the Watcher, that because Dormammu is worshipped, he's almost like a god, but he's right. worshipped by sorcerers every time they intone his name with a spell, like Flames of the Faultine or something. Obviously, they use Dormammu. Uh, so that w- w- the, the worship of, of Dormammu would eventually lead to him being reborn um, in mm-hmm. some form or other. So Stephen's always been aware of that. He's, he's looking out for that. He's, he's ever watchful, you know, mm-hmm. protecting our reality. You know, that's one of my favorite scenes too, you know, Billy, when you ask like, what does Stephen do in the Marvel Universe? You know, he, he's not like a normal superhero. He doesn't just fight supervillains. In fact, he almost never fights a supervillain except if it's, you know, even even in the defenders, they don't always deal with supervillains, right? They deal with cosmic level threats, but not in the Thanos sense. This is no. more like in the protecting our reality sense, mm-hmm. you know, from other dimensions encroaching on ours. And that scene from Avengers: Infinity War when they first meet uh, uh, up with Tony, right? Where Tony mm-hmm. says, "What is it that you do?" <laughs> and Steven's like. <laughs> protecting your reality douchebag <laughs> this, this, is ex- oh, no. this is exactly what yeah. he does right and this is yeah him. and then here like like you said here we get that part where he starts looking into the orb to try to spy on umar and she gets all pissed off and shakes her fist out of it and says strange put away your useless toy necromancer <laughs> <laughs> wow Now, Billy, this is where we get some inking of Klaus Janssen changing things up a bit. Now, there's a Gene Colan face there, Mm. right? But it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not, well, Umar's drawn pretty well. But, I mean, when Klaus inks Gene and he goes in, he tries to go into detail, he changes Gene's face to a Tony DeZuniga face. Um, Yeah. Which I don't mind, but it's not, I don't know, it's, it's not Gene. Even though it's art, a little jarring, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it is still a great panel, you know, with Umar, you know, shaking her fist at Stephen in the orb, but um, it doesn't look like Gene Cullen, though, if you know what I mean. Yeah, which is yeah, weird. I mean, and the more I look at it, the fist she's shaking too looks a little wonky. Her thumb looks way too big, but if you really keep looking at it, it almost looks like she's getting ready to pop him. The middle finger, like yeah. to tell him he's number. Num- he's gonna tell me he's number one, dude. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. It looks like the middle finger's about to, like, you know, pop uh, just up pop there. up yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's gonna do like uh, Star Lord in that uh, first Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do the little lever, you know, <laughs> rotate oh, the lever. Man. But um, you know, uh, this 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 might be more. I would expect this more from Clea because Clea's been studying up the culture of you know, our reality. <laughs> well, speaking of Clea, man, in this next scene too, then that next page, she kind of, oh, you know, Stephen's like, all right, we got to go check on, you know, where Dormammu might be. And she's like, yeah, I can't go with you. And he's like, cannot. What do you mean? And she's like, please, Stephen, I don't want to speak of it anymore. And he's like, all right, I'll give you a kiss and I'll go on my own. And he kisses her and then like sort of like fades away like mist. Yeah, I like this page, dude. I like it a lot because, yeah. um, you know, okay, we learn about Clea's phobia that she does not want to return to the dark dimension. She has this fear of of uh, treading those grounds again, but she will eventually return. In fact, she will become the queen of the dark dimension. We've mentioned that before, you know, in, in later storylines. Uh, but, you know, yeah. she here she's firmly uh, 
dealing with, you know, the fact that she cannot, you know, she's psychologically unable uh, to return. So um, uh, Stephen uh, accepts that he doesn't push it, you know, because I don't know why, but maybe he can sense that, you know, this is something they cannot deal with by force. He cannot, you know, command her to go. And um, she's very much his sidekick at this point in time. But I like the fact that here they're separated and she becomes, you know, she sort of steps out onto her own, in in her own right. Mm -hmm. Because she was very much... Yeah, she goes for a walk here. And then, like you said, too, she meets up with, you know, I think a lot of the places when you look up like specs on this, uh, say that that's uh, Gaia there. Yeah, of course. She meets up with Mother Nature. And, um, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's not been officially confirmed but this has to be right mother nature gaia she had already well we we recently talked about her even on the last episode right mm, yeah we got two in a row here <laughs> yeah so this is mother nature this is the the earth goddess gaia asking clea for help and uh, mm-hmm. she does so in a very you know eerie uh sinister fashion right clea's walking through the the woods here or or through this um uh, again, I, it might be Central Park, right, Billy? Not the woods. They're yeah. walking through this yeah. bit of a forested area. And then, uh, Clea, right? It's this ghostly <laughs> uh, calling. Clea. <laughs> That's scary, man. <laughs> Mother Nature's not above freaking you out. And she asks mm. Clea for help against this cancerous uh, evil that's growing in the bowels of the earth. Clea uh, jumps at the chance to, uh, you know, because uh, Stephen's not, you know, available presumably, you know, because he's off uh, heading off towards the dark dimension, tracking Umar. Yeah. So this is the last actually we see of Clea, uh, well, Steven in this comic. And now Clea's having a solo adventure, which is great, right, Billy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then, man, Gaia looks really creepy the way Jean and Oof. Klaus draw her, man. She looks like more like Damn. more like a witch. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a witch. Or there's, there's one part, if you take away the green, and replace that with all black. She looks like the nun, you know, from the Conjuring movies. Then, you know, oh. the, the, I haven't seen actually the, the the movie of the nun, but she looks freaky, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, um, she, uh, you know, implores Clea to help her. And I like the, the mm-hmm. fact that she uses Asgardian speak. Right? Thou yeah. art a woman. Thou must understand. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know i think it's because uh, that's also one of the reasons she didn't ask steven to help with this even though she should have i think uh, gaia but yeah. she expected clea to sort of wait for steven to return and then both of them will will try to excise this this tumor uh in the earth but she says mm-hmm. you know because she's a woman clea's a woman she will understand why it's it's uh, she will understand the pain of this tumor growing in her womb, um, which is essentially what it is, right? I believe this is Clea going to do some surgery here <laughs> mm-hmm, on Mother mm-hmm. Earth. And uh, she goes to Wong. She says, Wong, protect my body. I'm going to go into the astral plane and I'm going to search out this, uh, you know, entity that's that's uh, bothering um, Gaia. And mm-hmm. um, this is a great Gene Colan flying scene, right, Billy? I love the way he oh, draws yeah. flying characters. Speak on that. Yeah, yeah, that page is great. It, you see Clea's astral form leaving her body, and her body kind of lurches forward, and then this like apparition comes whipping around, almost like in a question mark, um, you know, like you would see in a 
on a page and yeah. it starts flying towards this like pink I don't mm. know if it's like a portal or what it is but it almost looks like a ring yeah it looks like a nodule or a ring or uh, yeah like a portal hanging in space uh, or, or hanging in this lightning shrouded um, mm-hmm. uh, you know subspace segment and it's a great a, a fantastic panel flows mm. out from the panel where Clea slumped into her chair after her astral body abandoned her right and yeah. then there's this um, fantastic scene. Now, I don't know if this is Jansen or it might be Colin, but it's almost like a little bit of a, a dot matrix pattern on this one scene where we see Clea's face uh, yeah. you know, juxtaposed behind her floating body. Do you know which panel I mean, Billy, on the next page? Oh, yeah. And, and she looks super sexy oh, there, by the way. <laughs> amazing. That's just before the demons like accost her. But, yeah, she looks really great. Yeah. And these little yeah. fire-breathing demons just jump out of this um, uh, of the ether and start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, first, Mother Earth warned her. She said, "Stop, child! You shouldn't have approached uh, in your astral form. This is a danger, you know, to you. You should leave." But it's too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these demons they grab her. Yeah. But she makes short work of them, I think. Right? I believe she blasts this one guy, a demon, in the face. You know, but they they threaten her while they're fighting, and they say that the one that we serve is so much greater than you could you know imagine and then we head off into this volcano almost right Billy this is now in the bowels of the earth with with, uh, Mm -hmm. these fiery effects all around and it's appropriate that this should be fire because who turns out to be the cancerous tumor at the center of the earth yeah the fiery headed Dormammu and that is really cool I really like that last page the the bottom panel there it's like a half a page and oh man it has Clea standing there and his it is I, Dormammu, oh. and he's standing there like a giant smoke all around and fire. It looks great, really oh. scary and creepy. That is great. Later, mm. uh, during our Dormammu segment, I'm sure he'll be chuffed to know that he's back <laughs> in the pages of a Doctor Strange comic. He's probably going to gloat and, yeah, I don't know what he's going <laughs> to do, but, um, yeah, we'll get to that still. But this is great. You know, I always associated the proclamation, I, someone, you know, I... You know, Dormammu. I always associated that with Dormammu. It was only later, you know, um, when I started reading the House of Mystery comics featuring Andrew Bennett, the vampire, you know, that I started to think, Mm. okay, I, vampire. But Dormammu always used to say that. It is I, Dormammu. (laughs) It's pretty cool. And, you know, let's just, you know, even with Jansen inking here, let's just get this out of the way. Gene Colan is the best Dormammu artist for me. It's just, that's what I think. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, you're you're not wrong there. There was, you know, there's some other people that you know do good too, but he's uh, he's the best. I mean, like we've said before. I mean, we both I think agree that other than Frank Brunner, Gene's the best artist for this book. You know, for oh, Doctor yeah. Strange Definitely. and his whole universe. Yeah, I mean, um, I think we've gone on record as saying, you know, Gene Colan is our favorite Marvel artist. I think mm-hmm. we, we 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 did go on record saying that you know I'm I'm a big Gene Colan fan. You you love Colan. I mean Ryan Daly. It is his favorite, you know, artist of all time. So, um, you know, you can see why in every single panel he drew. I've never actually seen a bad Gene Colan page. Maybe with some inkers, you know, uh, making it look less great. But do you know what I mean, Billy? It's like for yeah. me personally, his art just speaks to me uh, on a level that's not always uh, rational or I can't explain why 
uh, I don't know, it's like looking at a dream or something, a dream sequence of events uh, when you look at his art. And um, oh, this, yeah. this is here in that panel where Dormammu appears. But that brings us to the end of the comic, Rebelli. So the big bad has been revealed. Umar again has to take a backseat to her big bro, <laughs> to, to big brother Dormammu. And uh, of course now we realize that uh, uh, Stephen and uh, Clea are in it really deep. You know, so when Dormammu appears, it's the same as, you know, a, a giant world-ending entity uh, appearing, except that this is on the Earth. Normally he's in the Dark Dimension. He's trying to get to Earth. Or, or trying to kill the defenders of the Earth and then invade. But here he's already in the Earth. He's been gest gestating, right, in the bowels of the Earth after yeah. the whole Defenders Avengers debacle. And mm -hmm. he's been gathering his power, and he's back. So I can't be happier. And mm -hmm. uh, we're going to get some great Dormammu action in future uh, issues. But that, yeah, definitely brings us to the end. Oh, yeah. So, Billy, I'm going to play a quick promo first uh, to get this out of the way. Um, not that we you know, want to get it out of the way, but just because later we've got the special segment popping up and then we can quickly mm -hmm. get to Bronze Age Brilliance and Mighty Marvel Missteps. But first, listen to this great promo and I uh, hope you listen to this show. It's a good one. So don't go away, listeners. We'll be right back. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever wish you could sip cocktails and discuss great books with your friends while hanging out in a rundown piano bar? Here on the Literary Guys podcast, that's what we do. I'm Dr. Gordon McCallan. And I'm author Zachary Kellyan. Each month we discuss books from two different views of modern masculinity. From both a gay and a straight perspective. From To Kill a Mockingbird to future governors in the jungle trying to kill a predator. We welcome everyone to join our conversation on the good and toxic of what literature and pop culture have to say about masculinity. So pour yourself a drink and join us now for Season 3. Literary Guys. That's G-U-I-S-E. LiteraryGuys.com. I see what you did there. Welcome, one and all, to the Fire and Water Racetrack and Arena. Please direct your attention to the center of the track, where you will see 36 buses lined up between two ramps, a tank full of live man-eating sharks, and a high wire stretching over it all. The rocket cycle is warmed up and all the nets have been removed. Who would attempt these stunts just to entertain and inspire his audience? What kind of man? What kind of hero? There, coming in on a rocket-powered skateboard, it's the death-defying human flycast! Join me, Max Romero, and a rotating roster of guests as we dive headfirst into the colorful comics of Marvel's The Human Fly. The death-defying human flycast is a limited episode podcast spotlighting the adventures of a man who comes back from a crippling auto accident to become a mysteriously masked stuntman with a mission to inspire others to never give up hope. We'll also talk about the real-life human fly, a daredevil with a murky past and a desire to be the best stuntman in history until the day he just disappeared. The actual human fly would vanish as suddenly as he had materialized, but not before sparking a comic series featuring what would be the wildest superhero ever. Because he was real. The Death Defying Human Flycast. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It's gonna be wild. Oh, 
Alright, we're back with Bronze Age Brilliance and Mighty Marvel Missteps. Billy, as ever, you've got the chair here. What are some of your Mighty Marvel Missteps? Okay, so for me, uh, it's definitely just the the inking was just way too heavy for me. Um, and then the, the Gaia and Umar kind of both had just a... I don't know. Like they, they both just looked really off to me. And like you said, maybe some of that has to do with how we just did that other uh, book and it had Gaia in it. But I, I don't know. It's just it was just if the inks would have been a little bit better here, I would have said, uh, you know, this is like really one of my favorites. But it's just it really had me thrown off. I just really didn't care for it at all. Yeah, I'm sad that this is the way Colin returned to the Doctor Strange title with with klaus uh, botching the inking here but you know um there's still some great panels some great scenes i'm gonna have to agree with you that's my biggest complaint about this issue um uh, to to just give some examples you know like when you look at uh the panel featuring you know dr strange's face and you know you go into detail the details a little bit off you know what i mean billy it's almost like it gets lost somewhere um, yeah. and it doesn't look like Doctor Strange's face at times. And uh, we know mm -hmm. Colin would never do that. He's very consistent with faces. And then, yeah. yeah, there's also some parts where the energy effects are rendered very bland, very, very strange. And you would think Colin, you know, if you look at the way he drew energy blasts or, you know, uh, swirling winds or stuff, you know that that's always going to be, you know, an eye opener. But here it looks just blah, you know, just normal. Um, and then there's sporadic parts of greatness. There's sporadic scenes of greatness coming in, and that's what's so frustrating, right? Billy, you've got a great panel, and you've got a, a mediocre panel. So, yeah, like even that panel that shows the Avengers Defenders War is just really, I don't know, it's very lackluster for me. <laughs> I agree. Now, Billy, here's the best example that I'm going to get to with the inking. Okay, um, because I'm reading the Masterworks, I don't know which page it's on, but it's on the page where Clea talks to Mother Nature in that wooded area. And um, it's the mm -hmm. very last panel featuring Clea, um, almost as a side profile, but it's the, the very last little small panel mm. at the bottom right. Now, does that look like Clea to you? Yeah, no, that looks awful. And I, I, again, I'm not trying to crap on anybody's artwork because, you know, there's no just, that's not how I roll, but it just looks it looks bad. There's no way. Um, I mean, Gene always drew Clea beautifully, but um, unfortunately, that does not look like Clea at all. In fact, that looks like no. Like earlier off mic, we spoke about that. That looks like a member of the cast of Cats. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she almost looks like she had a, a brief boxing career before she got into being a sorcerer's you know uh sorcerer's disciple here sorcerer's yeah, a, love slave yeah because like if you look at that same page the complete opposite top left that that panel looks okay and she sort of looks like you know like the cleo we know but man you go back to that bottom right hand panel and oh yeah that, that's bad yeah i don't know what happened there man really mm. so um yeah that's our a bit of bronze, uh, Mighty Marvel missteps, but uh, Bronze mm -hmm. Age brilliance, Billy. There, there, there is bits of brilliance here. Definitely, I'll let you go oh, first yeah. again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Engelhart's dialogue uh, was right, great, spot on, especially for the Doc. And then uh, I also like how they, uh, you know, Clea is starting to get a little bit more, uh, you know, some little more uh, bright spots here for her instead of just being the, you know, apprentice or. 
you know, getting bossed around. She actually, you know, had some uh, some uh, weight in this issue, and I really like that. That's always a good thing. Yeah, I agree, man. That That's a great bit of brilliance there. I have to agree with you. For me, specifically, I'm going to go really specific, though. You know, it's that page where the dog bids farewell to Clea and fades away into, into mm. smoke. You know which one I mean, Billy, mm -hmm. right? So he says goodbye yeah. to her. And then that's that's a great page. That's um, not really hampered by the inking. Um, mm -hmm. Although some parts, you know, don't look like Jean. But uh, I think that's a great page. There's a great panel progression there. And yep. uh, the doc being ultra dramatic, <laughs> you know, fading away <laughs> during a kiss. You know, <laughs> traveling to the dark dimension like that. Whoa. Well, we know that's how he rolls, you know, going into the past and scribbling little love notes into books for her to see. He's all about the dramatic uh, effect. <laughs> yeah, man. So a uh, great issue, though, even though it's got all of this, um, you know, uh, uh, things that we just mentioned in, um, <laughs> you know, the Mighty Marvel missteps. Still, you know, it's it's all in fun. You know, I like to always not always be completely biased when it comes to a comic. And like you and I mentioned on previous episodes now, Billy, we're going to get into the era of Doctor Strange Volume 2, where there are going to be a lot of missteps sometimes. You know, so mm -hmm. we kind of have to be critical, even though we love this title unabashedly. Yeah. And there's mm -hmm. going to be more of that coming. I mean, the, the Engelhart and Brunner stuff was near flawless. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but that now was, got... that's, that's, that was the tip of the iceberg for, you know, Doctor Strange. Yeah, man. So um, with that, we've, we're done. And now, Billy, we're going to play a little bit of a, a theme song here. Because um, this is, of course, the introduction to our new segment, which you came up with <laughs> you know to fill up the time a little bit so um mm -hmm. you know, listen to this weirdos say about that listeners billy i let you introduce <laughs> this segment but maybe it needs no introduction let it roll okay so we're gonna play mystical jeopardy so we're not gonna be super jeopardy here it's it's not gonna be like you know you have to have a raise your answer to this question but basically just like a little quiz here to see uh how herman's memory is holding up from uh, the marvel premiere doctor strange that we just you know covered you know in the last what about 12 months i would say 15 months yeah yeah 12, 15 months yeah it's been quite a while right hasn't it so yeah i'll try mm -hmm. to do my best <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so what i did was i basically just took the marvel premiere run and you know kind of thumbed through each issue to see if there was anything funny or cool or something i thought maybe i could stump you with so uh you know you just uh, get ready here so i've got 10 questions and then I'm going to keep track of how many you get right and give you a point for every one you get right. And then, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll keep that tally for the next one then, too. So we'll, we'll see. And you know, maybe we'll give you, like, 
once you get to like 50 points or something like that, we'll give you a reward, like a Scooby snack, a Herman snack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since I'm from South Africa, it better be Biltong. <laughs> Do you know what that is, really? <laughs> it's like I have no idea. <laughs> oh no, no, it's like it's like <laughs> it's like beef jerky. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, yeah, well, we'll we'll, ja- we'll give you some Jack. I'll send you some Jack Links with the Sasquatch from the the states. Here. Ah. <laughs> Never had it. Want to try it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Links messing with Sasquatch. You know, all those commercials were yeah. or were legend. I've seen them on YouTube, man. They're awesome. <laughs> oh, they're hilarious. But okay, so are you ready? I'm ready, dude. Let her rip. Okay, so uh, this, they're, they're, like I said, there's going to be some tough ones, and then there's going to be a couple that are probably a slam dunk. So we'll, I didn't want to be too uh, tough on you for uh, all ten questions. So here's question number one. <clears throat> what is the first deity or spell Stephen calls on, beginning with uh, Marvel premiere number three? Ooh, that's going to be a tough one, Billy. Let me think. Mm-hmm. The first spell he calls on with Marvel premiere number three. Hmm. Okay, that is the issue where if i'm not mistaken he encounters nightmare and mm-hmm. um he's walking walking oh what, what happened in that issue oh yeah he walked in the rain i think grant and i were mm-hmm. still doing that and then mm-hmm. um <laughs> oh, let me let me think okay wait wait I'm, i can get this i can get this let me just play this through my mind okay we, he's walking in the rain he almost he almost gets into a hidden run or something and then mm-hmm. um Okay, then he enters the sanctum. Did he use magic before in the street? I don't know. Okay, so he's in his sanctum. He, he's ready to... I don't know what he did, but it involves the orb or something, right? So let's see here. Let's see here. Um, damn, I can't remember. This is a tough one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Give me some more time. Give me some more time. I hope there's not a time limit. He, at one point in time, he encounters Nightmare, but I can't remember if he used the spell before that. Um, damn, yeah, what is it? He's got Nightmare there. Um, okay, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to guess because this is going to be tough. Uh-huh. I'm going to uh-huh. say he calls on the the Vashanti to, <laughs> to, to stop this driver or something. <laughs> the car that almost hit him, but I don't know what he, maybe the Seven Rings of Ragador. What, am I right? What's your guess? Come on, okay, come I'm, on here. What's your guess? I'm going to say, okay, because he, he had to stop this driver from hitting him, maybe he called on the the shield of the seraphim. That's that's what I'm going to okay. go with, the shield of the seraphim. <laughs> okay, so it's the seven rings of Ragador. You're close. <laughs> oh, I almost, I almost went with that one. Mm-hmm. So it's page three, bottom panel, in case you want to look it up after we're done here. <laughs> okay, well, that will have to be because I'm going to have to pull the masterworks off the shelves. But okay, that was a tough one, buddy. So he calls on the seven rings of Ragador to to stop the, the, to stop the car? Uh, I can't remember now. What did he do? <laughs> All right, let's, uh, on to question two. Okay. Okay, this one's kind of weird too, but you might be able to get this one. I they 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 name it in the issue, so you might be able to get this one. So, who was the town of Starksboro named after? So you remember the first uh, recording you and I did was uh, about uh, Marvel premiere number four. Yeah. So that was uh, Doctor Strange traveling to Starksboro with uh, Ethan Stoddard, but the the town Ethan says the town was named after a certain individual. Oh, okay. The the town of Starksboro, that little Lovecraftian town 
based off of the shadow out of Innsmouth, right? The, the Lovecraft mm-hmm. star. Okay, the town yeah. of Starksboro. Hmm, let me think, Billy. This is going to be a tough one. Who was it named after? Mm, let me think. Well, I, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. You can. You can lose the borough, so that'll get you close. That'll get you <laughs> kind of close. <laughs> Dude, don't tell me it's named after Tony Stark. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's this, not enough drunk people there for it to be named after him. This is named after. Well, I presume the founder of the town. Um, mm-hmm. And it's is it is it a family member of the of of Ethan Stoddard? Um, no, it's not a family member of his, and it's uh, not a Stoddard. <laughs> it's not a, definitely not a Stoddard, right? Um, nope. Let me think. Let me think, dude. Okay, I'm I'm also re- trying to replay this issue in my mind. They go on a bus trip, maybe, and they <laughs> Stephen eats a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh damn! And then I have this back and forth about the town, and then um, I know Sligeth is the the creature they encountered. But the town of Starksboro. Now I can't remember who it's named after. Damn, this is a tough one. Okay, so there's no. <laughs> this other... is a tough one. You, there's no other clue you can give me, right? No. Well, okay. not other than just you know you remove uh, Burrow from Starksboro and you're halfway there. <laughs> okay, let me th- just 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 give me one second. Let me think. So this this lady shows up. Um, no, no, no. It's it's Ebora. Ebora is eventually going to show up. I know that much. And then mm-hmm. Starksboro, damn, I completely forgot. Okay, I'm I'm stumped on this one. Who who's the name All right. after? Uh, Ethan says Caleb Stark. <laughs> Caleb <laughs> so maybe, Stark. Maybe Tony's great uncle. <laughs> Dude, Tony's great uncle was this Mormon, but also you know part-time Cthulhu worshiper. <laughs> okay, no, that that was a tough one, man. No, I that was a tough one too. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There there'll, there'll be some easy ones. Don't worry. So okay, okay no, 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 so let... cool. Those was good ones. Those were pretty good ones. Okay, so question three is, what does Johnny Frames call the Slicked worshippers from Starksboro? He has a specific name he calls them in uh, Marvel premiere number six. <laughs> okay, Johnny. When they, uh, we... Yeah, he runs up to the car with Wong and Clea, and he's like, you got to help me. My girlfriend is, you know, getting, you know, uh, sucked into this cult, and please help me. And Wong and Clea are like, okay, pal. And then he's trying to explain what's going on to them, and then oh, here I come remember. these. Uh, Dude, uh-huh. didn't we talk? Didn't we? <laughs> uh, we discussed this on the the episode. Damn it! Okay, let me let me try to to, to see. I okay. I, yeah, I don't know if we specifically said what he says in this panel, but. <laughs> Dude, I remember. I remember. He calls these guys troglodytes. <laughs> he does the troglodytes of Starksboro. I remember. I'm pretty sure we mentioned that on the episodes. I can I can recall that now. The troglodytes and I was thinking, dude, this this is pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah, that's page 7 bottom panel of Marvel Sexy. Look, oh, the damn. troglodytes of Starksboro, they're here. <laughs> I remember that because, you know, Johnny Frames is also such a standout, you know, such a weird oh. character to insert there. But I remember he had that lingo about him. He was like the troglodytes. He couldn't describe them any other way. Okay, that okay. So I got one at least. <laughs> yeah. See, I I knew you'd be able to pull one out at least here. So this okay, one might cool. be a little easier too. So let's see. Here we go. Uh, question four: In which issue did the credits go to co-creators of Steve and Frank? Oh, okay, okay. I might, I might, I have to get this one. Let me think. The, in which issue did the credits go? This, this is definitely where it started. You know, the CZ Neg. 
bits. Let me just think. Okay, so we have Marvel Premiere. Um, or is it? No, no, no. Wait, wait. This is not. It, it's not the CZ Neg issue, I think. It's probably a little bit later than that. Uh, was it? Oh, no, it is. Is it Marvel Premiere number 10, maybe? Or number. Yep. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, that was yep. a wild guess, Billy. I was going to say number nine, but okay. I remember well, it was the end. You know, nine in nine is when they kind of started their partnership and it announced it, but it didn't give them both, you know, yes. co-creator credit. Credits, like uh, right. okay, okay. number number 10 says co-creators eh, right underneath their names. And that, I, I the remember, logo, yeah, the I remember mm -hmm. it's the issue where <laughs> where Shumagorath's face. Well, it's this, the, 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 the page where they credit them as co-creators is the is the page, the opening splash where. Um, the, is it the ancient one's face appears as as a bit mm -hmm. of smoke, right, or something? But it's yeah, actually that's, that's when we first get to see uh, Shumagorath later in that issue. Yeah, 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 so yeah We yeah. actually see him. Oh, that mm -hmm. was great. Yeah, it was definitely the, <laughs> the Shumagorath. Not, I was gonna say CZ Neg, but yeah, it's definitely Shumagorath. Sorry, I meant Shumagorath. <laughs> okay, so I got two. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep. I'm on a roll. That's not bad. You're so you're you're fifty percent. So you're still <laughs> don't get too excited. You're still of an F here. Come on, that's fifty percent. Oh yeah, damn, it's only fifty. Uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> okay, so question five. In Marvel Premiere fourteen, what pop slash folk song is referenced in a caption box by Engelhart? Ooh, tough one. Oh wait, Marvel Premiere is... fourteen. Let me just think. Which issue is that? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Wait a minute. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even see this the first time. Like we talked about this, I totally glossed right oh, over this. Oh, this is going to be a <laughs> tough one, man. Okay, let me just get this straight in my mind. We've got Marvel Premiere fourteen. That's the part where CZ Neg he travels back in time repeatedly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah yeah, and the, CZ, the dinosaur age. <laughs> the CZ Neg Genesis. Come on, I just read that again the other day. Um, okay, you say which pop song? Can you repeat the question? Which pop song shows up in a caption box? Yeah, in Marvel Premiere 14, what pop folk song is referenced in a caption box by Englehart? Dude, this is incredibly hard. Wait, but I just read it the <laughs> other day. I should have seen that. I mean, oh, come on. Okay, no, I'm completely stumped on this one, Billy. You're going to have to <laughs> have to tell me about this. What is it? <laughs> okay, so the part where uh, Steven shows up and the knight is fighting the dragon. Right. And the doc helps get rid of the dragon. The caption box says, and then, poof, the magic dragon oh. is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Puff so the yeah, dragon. You, you, yeah. So you know the stoner Engelhart was. Oh, poof! <laughs> the magic that dragon. Song. <laughs> yeah, it's page Dude, seven, bottom panel. <laughs> I would never have gotten that one, never. But I, I remember the scene, and of course, you know, being Engelhart, you know, there's a magic dragon. It's definitely a, a deep cut, definitely a re reference. But I didn't know that he would put that in there. How did we not mention that on the episode? I think I glossed right over it when I read it because all of a sudden I looked at it and I was like, again, I was looking for weird stuff. I'm looking at these for these questions. Oh man, like, that's awesome. Oh, how did we, how did we miss that, dude? Okay, so I'm two for three here. Oh damn, <laughs> two two out of five. Two out of five. Four, oh, forty percent now. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh, I better. Hey, 
don't tell Talia you got a 40% on a test because then oh. she'll be like, well, dad, if I don't do good on one, you don't either, pal. I'll never live <laughs> it down. You're right. This is danger territory for me. Plus, I have to turn in my Doctor Strange, you know, membership club card here. <laughs> well, I think, you, I think you're going to go right back up to 50% with this next one. So don't worry. Okay. Throw it, Billy. I'm, I'm yeah, ready th- to. This one's, this one's a slam dunk. <laughs> okay. Oof. What is the name of the gypsy girl in Marvel Premiere 12? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, man, now, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, dude. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank here. She, she, the gypsy yeah, she queen, even right? dies at the end. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on, what is her name? Oh, man, okay, let me think, let me think. Oh, it's, oh, I should know this one, dude. It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> wait, 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 you gonna... referred to her as Ebora a couple of times. In the yeah, I, I mistook her for Ebora, <laughs> but wait a minute, wait, I've got it. No, no, no! Wait, 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 wait! I don't have it. Let me think. Let me think. I, I know, <laughs> I know what her name is. Um, uh, let me think. Let me think. Um, okay, wait, wait, Billy. I must remember that. You know, sometimes you just draw a blank. But you know, I've got a thing mm-hmm. for these Doctor Strange girls. What she was super sexy, dancing around at the gypsy camp, and then yeah. that whole eyeball scene freaked you out. Yeah, yeah she I was hot. That. She was. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Wait, dude! I must get to this. I must get to this. Um, <laughs> I, I know her. I mean, she's she's hot. She's super hot. Come on, why? Uh-huh. How can I forget? I, I thought I thought for sure this would be right out of your lips in two seconds. <laughs> Wait, man. I, I I I the other day I was thinking about her, but you know it, the name that kept popping up was Ibora, 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 right? So okay, wait. Just, yeah. Let me think of a uh, on this. This okay. Wait, 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 wait. I must be able to suss out her name. Come on, Herman. Wasn't it? Mm. It was like a. It was like a classic kind of. Name too, uh, like uh, like a name right out of a Hammer film or something. I felt bad for her because she even recounted how she dated Mordo, and I was like, "Oh, gross." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, let me think. Let me think. Um, <laughs> wait, buddy, you gotta give me some time on this. Wait a minute, let me think. So she's <laughs> he's in the gypsy camp, right? And I don't know where, where it was. What did she say her name was? Okay, wait, you got to give me this. I got to get up to 50%. Let me think. Um, <laughs> la, 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 la. Come on. Uh, she introduces herself as... I cannot remember. Wait, 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 wait. It's uh, on the tip of my tongue. Lila. Lil, Close. Lily. Something with an L, right? Layla. Yep, something with an L, yep. Mm, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go for... Uh, let me see. Uh, Lilia, was it Lilia? Yep, that's yes, it. it's yep, Lilia. That's it. Yes, yes, <laughs> mother. Oh man, dude, that was a tough one. Uh, well, it should have been an easy one, like you said, but I sort of hamstrung myself there. Yeah, Lilia. Now I remember Lilia, and at the end she died, or and and Stephen lamented yeah, that- her death. Yeah. Gargoyle killed her, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Oh, okay, good. I got it. And there's this great panel that I put up on Facebook recently of her reflected in the gargoyle's purple eye. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a good panel. Okay, now I remember Lilia. Mm. Mm -hmm. I blame Ebora for for my loss of memory there because Ebora so first and foremost (laughs) in my mind, right? (laughs) Okay, dude. So so I'm back to 50%. Good news. Okay, so on to question seven. So... When Clea utters the line, what is it that disturbs you, Stephen? Wong actually has a response uh, also to uh, the doc. Uh, or in his own mind, he has a little uh, a thought. And we were like, yeah, that should be the uh, next uh, 
graphic novel uh, title since what is it that disturbs you Stephen? is that one uh, trade collection called so there's a, a response wong has in his mind so what is it that he says what is it that <laughs> and wong what does he say when is what is it that disturbs you Stephen? hmm okay that's oof okay i remember that line of course you know very well <laughs> because that is you know the, the also the title of a trade paperback or or a collection right um much later on but i can't remember what wong says let me think um okay we even referenced it in the in the recording and kind of laughed about it and you even said like oh yeah that should be the the second one the second volume oh, wong's yeah. response should I be remember it. That now, but it, i'm drawing a complete blank you you probably thought this would be an easy one for me as well but now i'm disappointing you <laughs> let me think wong, okay i can't even now remember the exact issue where that happens i mean was it it wasn't the first issue of the volume two run right um damn i can't remember what is it that disturbs you steven um, yeah that was in marvel premiere yeah <laughs> uh, okay let me think okay so it's definitely wong's line and uh and oh man is it that that's is that the one with the lizard the issue with the lizard no, it's not the one. Uh, no, 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 not, no, that, no, one. not that, that far. <laughs> See, now I remember the line so well, right? But now I don't remember. You know, I was re I was looking through that lizard uh, part to look for something to ask you, but I really just couldn't find anything. He's like, this lizard means everything to yeah, me. And I started that, crying. <laughs> that one is... <laughs> Oh, that's a classic, <laughs> the lizard one. But now oh. I can't, you know, see, because now I'm trying to place it in my mind, right? With, mm -hmm. with, with, in the context. But I can remember Clea uttering that line, but now I can't remember, you know, in which context it was, that famous line, which, which is like, so it's definitely in the Marvel premiere run, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It, for some reason in my mind, it seems like it should be in the Doctor Strange volume one, but it isn't, right? So, damn. Nope. Okay, dude, I'm going to have to say, what is it that disturbs you, Stephen? And then Wong says, uh, okay, this is still in the CZ Neg. No, 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 this is in the, the um, if it's in Marvel Premiere, this means it's in the, well, it's also CZ Neg, but it's probably in the uh, Shumagorath uh, story then, right, Billy? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Shumagorath. What is it that disturbs you, Stephen? <laughs> um, and then, are you sure Wong said something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, he, he well, it's, it's 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 a thought bubble that he thinks about something. <laughs> it's okay. kind of funny, and we okay. were like, "Oh boy." Oh wait. Okay. Listen, but Billy, it's in my mind now. This is right after they killed one of the monsters, right? Uh, who was it? Mm -hmm. uh, was it the lurker? No, no, the Gobthoth. Was... Oh, okay, okay, dude. Okay, it, it's the page. No, 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 no. Now I'm thinking of 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 uh, seizing egg again. Okay, wait. No, I remember. They are. They just. They just killed the shambler, right? I think. Stephen murdered him. He, he murdered the <laughs> shambler basically, and then he's gonna travel to Stonehenge. Am I correct? Right? Is it mm -hmm. okay? And then eventually, yep. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Oh, dude! I remember. I. Um. I've, what is it that disturbs you, Stephen? I've never seen the master more upset. <laughs> it, you're you're close. <laughs> oh oh, so that's not it. I, I've no. Nope. Mm, 
God damn it. Okay, I give up. What is it? <laughs> it's never have I seen the master more distressed. Oh, I'm so close. I was so close. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. I remember. Okay. Oh, I... we laughed about that one. Yep. Oh, that was funny, man. Okay, I should have gotten that one because that, that line of Cleo's is so famous, right? What is it that disturbs mm-hmm. the... Oh, dude. With that, yeah, because it was that beautiful P. Craig Russell splash page where it was them in the streets and the yeah. there was a street oh. light there and they're in That's that right. town. What the heck was it called? I can't even remember the name of that town. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the, the sunken city underneath the sea was called Cthulhu's, but that town... Um, uh, I know the house was called the Witch House, right? Oh, p- a yeah. pen... What was it? Pen, 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 pen Hallow or Pen yeah. Mallow or something like that. Yeah, yeah Pen Hallow. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, I'm telling you, that was that was a tough one for me. But I should have known that because it's such a weird line from Wong. We did say, yeah, that should be the next collection. I've never seen the master more. <laughs> you said distressed, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never have I seen the master more distressed. <laughs> okay, dude. So that I uh, I can't count that as one. So what? I'm now four out of. 10 you're three you're three you're three for three for seven. Oh, <laughs> dude oh damn it okay all right here's one though you you should probably get this one you you should probably get this one okay. so it uh, question eight in marvel premiere number 10 dr strange faces three villains in that issue who is the second villain he faces out of the three okay in marvel premiere number 10 dr strange mm-hmm. faces you said three villain, three villains, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and who's the second villain? Okay, mm-hmm. let's let's think here. Okay, Marvel premiere number ten, classic issue, of course. Um, I just thought about it when you asked me an earlier question. Okay, let me put this in my mind. Marvel premiere number ten. Let's run through through what's happening in this issue. Um, God damn it. You know, yeah. What was I saying earlier, <laughs> Billy? What was I saying earlier about my memory being great? <laughs> okay 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 marvel premiere number 10 okay that is where he deals with shumagorath definitely that's right in the shumagorath vein and he's fighting shumagorath because shumagorath escaped the mind of the ancient one right am i mm-hmm. in the right that's the right issue right so mm-hmm. oh wait a minute wait a minute so he escapes by going into the mind of the ancient one and then mm-hmm. I remember this, Billy. He he encounters some. Is is it nightmare? It, it, he he encounters some foes from the past, right? So mm-hmm. is it nightmare? Okay, Brunner didn't. Okay, he does he does fight nightmare at one point in time in that issue. But there's another guy. <laughs> there's another guy. Oh, dude, I got it. I I got this. It's Dormammu. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I threw that one in there. I'm like, we're talking about Dormammu tonight. Oh, hey, that would be great. Dude, do you know why I why <laughs> why why it dawned on me? Because do you remember I always said Brunner never drew Dormammu. But in mm-hmm. fact he did in a flashback. Yeah. This that was the flashback. <laughs> but it wasn't really a flashback at all. It's like a, a figment. Like a mind game. Yeah, yeah, generated by the mind of well, Shumagorath, right? Shumagorath is like taking on the guise of his old foes. Okay, so yeah, I got it. It was Dormammu. Hey, so look, at this point, if you get the next two, you'll be able to get to sixty percent. So that's not too bad. Mm, I'll say face definitely. 
<laughs> but I'm yeah. not holding up. I'm not holding high hopes, Billy, because I've already been disappointing you in well, this run. Yeah, ten is a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you, but nine. I think you're going to get nine. So okay, question nine. In Marvel Premiere Eleven, Doctor Strange gives Hamir an order when he leaves the temple. What is that order? Oh, okay. I know this. I know this because Billy, that's the dong issue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you remember your dong issue where the kid yeah, drew the dong on the splash yeah, page? There's only three pages in this whole issue of new content. You know, yeah, two in the beginning right. and one at the end. So Okay, I know this. I don't know the exact wording, but he orders uh, Hamir to... Because he's in the Temple of the Ancient One, right? Or something. Yep. And the mm -hmm. th he's seeing the throne there. Or, and, and he says, and you know, he cannot sit on the throne or something. So he, he orders Hamir... To shut the the doors of this temple and to let no one enter ever again. So basically, he orders Samir to quit yep. and just. So that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. To close okay. the temple yes. forever. Okay. Good. So that that counts as a win. <laughs> I'm uh -huh. sure. Okay. Ooh, okay. That one is a good. Also a tough one, I think. But I I remember that distinctly. You know, now now that he's the ancient mm -hmm. one, he can order Hamir around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's uh, question 10. Here oh, you go. You oh, got to pull mm. this one out. And then I do have a, a bonus question too, but let's just go question 10 right now. So okay. who is the guy that inherits Witch House in Marvel premiere number seven? Okay, who's the guy that in inherits? Sorry, we just talked about the town of Pinhello, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Who's the guy that in... Okay, it's not Johnny Frames, right? Because... No, <laughs> no, it's it's Thank like an, it's like we we talked about this, Billy. It's like another guy who shows up just for the heck of it, right? Like, yep, just some random guy. <laughs> okay, wait, he had a funny name too. I remember he had a funny name. Let me, let me think. Okay, so at the end, this this I remember this this great um, bit of uh, writing by who was a Gardner Fox, right? Mm -hmm. At the time, yep. um, so it it, it is Marvel. What, what issue did you say? No, no, no. Wait a minute. I can't get this straight in my head. It's the same issue where Clea says, what is it that disturbs you, Stephen, I think, right? So, uh -huh. okay. Yep. So let me get this straight in my <laughs> head here. Um, okay. It's not Johnny Frames, but it's another guy with a weird name. Okay. Okay. Stephen killed the Shambler, maybe. And then this guy shows up. Uh, is it the guy that... Okay, it's not the guy that, that, that pulls them over or, or that, that, that goes to the car. No, it's not that guy. That's Johnny Frames, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's think here. Okay. Um, he had a funny name. And then he went to the house and he knocked on the door or something, right? Oh, that's the girl. Okay, the girl's name was Blondine, right? <laughs> because do you remember we yeah. had a, a friend of the show who was a Jim Henry. Jim Henry from the show. He wrote into the show saying, you know, Blondie is quite a, Blondine is quite a common name. Um, okay, wait, Billy, let me rack my brains here. <laughs> oh, is it? I remember the guy's name, Jim Gordon. No, that's that's <laughs> Jim Gordon is, <laughs> is Commissioner <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> I remember it was something with a J. Jed, Jed, Jed. It, there was some Jed in there. Jed. Um, Uncle Jed. Who was Uncle Jed? I remember somebody called Uncle Jed. Mm. 
Okay, but the guy's name is definitely Gordon. Are you going to mm -hmm. give it to me if I just say Gordon? Something, okay, so something I'll, Gordon. Give you a, I'll give you a point just because the guy who inherited Witch House is Henry Gordon. And then the bonus question was going to be, what was his uncle's name? And oh. it was his Uncle Jed. Oh, that's where I remembered <laughs> Uncle Jed from. Oh, dude, that was a tough one. But, you know, I should have I known that because Blondine, Jim Henry, was the, you know, the guy who wrote in, you know, about this issue. Yeah. And then Henry Gordon. Oh, man. But, you know, <laughs> I, for some reason in my mind, it just kept saying Jim Gordon. <laughs> like Commissioner Gordon from back. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Uncle Jed, I at least got the bonus question, you know, of Uncle Jed, right? <laughs> Dude, yep, this yep, was yep. hard, man. You uh, said it would be easy. <laughs> well, hey, you got six out of ten, so that's pretty good if you thought this was pretty hard. Okay, this was a tough one, man. So, so Billy, that means the next time Jeopardy shows up, I'm going to have to try to stump you. <laughs> well, that won't, that won't be very hard, I can tell you that. <laughs> I doubt it, man. I mean... Your Doctor Strange knowledge is extensive. But, dude, this was a lot of fun. You really challenged my memory and my intelligence here. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, that was fun. yeah, we want you to write in and tell us what did you think of Mystical Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> and we might bring it back, right, Billy, in some future episodes. So, a lot of fun, yeah. man. If we, if we need a time filler, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy, man, thanks for that. This, this was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So let's, yeah, sure. let's uh, take a little bit of a break and hear what Dormammu has to say about all of these shenanigans and especially about his reappearance on, in the pages of Doctor Strange. And we'll hear mm -hmm. from the big guy right after this break, listeners. So stay with us. We'll be back. This is the Dread Dormammu, coming at you live from the Dark Dimension. Contrary to popular belief, we do have Mondays over here. And this being a particularly vile Monday, I've decided to share the misery among you humans. And I've targeted one human. In particular, who hates Mondays even more than I do. And that is one of your esteemed hosts, Herman. He's having a bad Monday today, and I've decided to make it worse by sharing some research I've done on humanity of late. I've ascertained that you get especially offended having your reproductive organs insulted. <laughs> Pathetic. But also, apparently, your mothers. So I've declared this day to be Yo Mama Monday in the Dark Dimension. And we're gonna ring up Herman to deliver some choice insults. <laughs> To make his day worse, of course. 
Alright, let's get to this. Hi, this is Herman speaking. <laughs> oh, uh, man, Dormammu, listen, I've got a lot on my plate today. I really don't have time for this. Could we not do this or at least postpone this or something? Please. Silence! Your role here is merely to listen and feel the indignation. <laughs> I've prepared something for you, Herman. These are called, by your people, Yo Mama Jokes. <laughs> here goes. Oh man. Yo Mama's so ugly that she had to get you drunk as a baby just so she could breastfeed you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Yo Mama's armpit is so hairy that it looks like she's got Chewbacca in a headlock. <laughs> right, a real hoot. Yo mama's so fat that the only way to get her out of the house is to grease her up and toss a Twinkie in the street. <laughs> Yo mama's so stupid. She thinks that Vince Coletta was the best thing that ever happened to Jack Kirby. Yo mama so old. She used to be Cthulhu's wet nurse. Hmm. Yo mama so fat that the blob once called her inspirational. <sighs> Yo mama so ugly that she looks like a Basil Wolverton portrait. <laughs> yeah, well, two can play that game, Dormammu. Your mama's so fat and stupid that she once put her son's pudgy little face in the fire because she thought he was a marshmallow. You know, that's really not funny at all. You know, that actually happened. Oh, you're low, Herman. Even for you, this is really, really low. Now I know why they call you. Herman, though, because this, this is taking it to a new level. Oh, it's on. It's on. Wait for it. I'll get you. You'll suffer horribly before you die. I'll be back. <laughs> oh, damn. I think I might have gone a little bit too far with that one. Oh. All right, we're back with the recommendations of Ragador, fresh off of our mystical Jeopardy Billy, and from what Old Ormamu had to say just now, let us know what are your recommendations for this week okay so for me it is uh, an x-men story Ooh. from like the like i think it's like considered probably the late bronze age it's called god loves man kills you know this oh, one don't of you of course dude this is one of grant's favorite x-men stories of all time and you know him mm. and i 
We used to have lots of off-mic discussions before and after recording concerning this tale. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speak on that, Billy. This is a fantastic tale. Yeah, so anybody that <clears throat> knows and about, you know, the second X-Men movie, um, they, they kind of took some elements from this story for that movie, but it's really a, a whole different thing, you know, because the movie was a, a military guy that was like a, a fanatic where in this book you know in this story it was you know originally a graphic novel i think wasn't it that one of the monthlies they yes. put out back then yeah yeah it was Marvel it was, graphic novel yeah. series yeah i have it in a hardcover edition that's real cool and i actually got chris claremont to sign it for me which is even holy more holy cool. crap that's amazing, yeah dude oh it was awesome and he was such a nice guy too by the way but yeah great story about a religious fanatic guy that is going after all mutants and you know basically he's a bigot <laughs> basically yeah, what yeah. it boils down to the guy's a bigot and, oh there's some really like this graphic novel was i don't want to say it's not for kids but it's definitely not for young readers you know you you definitely want you know your your kid to you know be able to handle some you know there's a couple of death scenes in it that are pretty nasty and you know magneto shows up and mm. he kind of gets starts starts to be you know a little more chummy with the x-men instead of being their enemy but Oh yeah, there's a there's some really good stuff in there, and it's a, a really really good story to, you know, yeah. make you kind of see people for what they really are. That's right, man. That that features that famous panel where uh, the bad guys, uh, Reverend uh, Stryker, right? Yep. Um, and uh, William Stryker, he he was also the general in X two, the second X Men movie, right? They yep. made him a general yeah. and the father of of. Um, of uh, Mastermind, which is completely just playing around with X-Men <laughs> mythology, right? That's <laughs> ridiculous. But, um, yeah. um, you know, Reverend Stryker, there's this striking panel, pardon the pun, where he points towards Nightcrawler and he says, Oh, it's awful. Human? You call that thing human? You remember, right, Billy? You and dare call that thing human? Yeah, oh, it's awful. There's dare. Kurt with his shoulders slumped over oh it's awful you feel terrible for especially Kurt. for nightcrawler because you know he's arguably the most sensitive of the x-men when it comes to his appearance of the second team of x-men you know so um yeah that was a, a fantastic um you know uh, graphic novel and you know one other thing that came, that came from that and made me follow this guy's career after that was brent anderson you know uh, the artist yes, i think was yes, brent anderson yeah. he went on to do yep. astro city with Kurt Busiek. You oh, know, okay, uh, yeah. Have you ever read Astro City, Billy? I have not. I always oh. wanted to. I heard it's real good. It's so good, man. I mean, I'm not the biggest Kurt Busiek fan. Um, you know, even though this this sounds bad to say that because the guy is a good writer. But, you know, I, I read his Conan stuff from Dark Horse. I wasn't really impressed. And, uh, you know, of course... Uh, What's Busiek known for, right? Marvels, right, Billy? Uh, known for Marvels. And, of course, one of our favorite, uh, he had a great run on the Avengers. You know, he did Avengers mm -hmm. forever, right, Billy? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he, mm -hmm. he's a great Kang writer. So <laughs> I can't fault the guy too much. Maybe because of his, you know, comments on Twitter of late where he criticized Gardner Fox. You know, that's mm -hmm. the reason I don't like him much. But, you know, I was always lukewarm on the guy. But, you know, his Astro City stuff is just phenomenal so you know i can always recommend that um you know what he did on astro city so you know brent anderson though this artist i followed him because of god loves man kills and when he showed up in the 90s in astro city i was oh yeah brent anderson's back you know 
So mm -hmm. fantastic recommendation there from you, Billy. One of my personal favorite X-Men stories as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's really good. And like I said, it's it's a little bit more of a mature read, but definitely uh, get it into the hands of, uh, you know, those uh, young teenagers or right before that, maybe because it's it's something they should read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, uh, I don't have it in its original form. I never bought the graphic novel. I think I first the very first time I read it was in a reprint or something, Billy, you know, in the 1990s. But mm -hmm. I, I also don't remember how I got to that. But I never read it when it originally came out. I don't know yeah. why I missed it, you know, because it wasn't part of the normal X-Men issues, you know, the normal run. So I completely... Mm -hmm. yeah. well, I didn't see those those graphic novels. I didn't see them when I was younger very much. I didn't see them until I started going to like shows and stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't see them much in shops and on shelves and stuff like that. Yeah, same here. Uh, for me, I got a few of them at bookstores, you know, like secondhand bookstores where people traded them in for other things that were uh, typically in terrible condition. And um, I think I might have picked up one or two at a yard sale, or not a yard sale, like a fate, you know, if, if um, uh, you know, um, an open market or something where they just sell stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, and so, uh, but I can't remember, but I picked up my, you know, Elric's that way and i pick up some mm. dread star eclipse stuff you know like that so you know you won't find them on the spinner racks in the corner stores in south africa so but yeah man dude i i love this recommendation this is one that you and i in fact have never spoken about right yeah we might have to talk about that in the future maybe magazines and monsters we'll we'll, we'll talk about that someday yeah it's not weird it's more you know if you think about you know social issues, it's more hardcore. So it's definitely not a yeah. <laughs> to the weird material. But you know there are definitely some X Men comics down the line that we're gonna have to talk about that would be considered mm -hmm. into the weird. So Billy, yeah. I'm gonna go across the pond from you guys a little bit. You know, if you're talking about across the pond, meaning the UK, and I'm mm -hmm. gonna recommend something that you know uh, has recently been re-released, -re -re but in color. I don't know actually if you can get them in the states. I hope you can. This is specifically from 2000 AD. You know I love me some 2000 AD. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the seminal Judge Dredd stories. And they've been collecting Judge Dredd in color, you know, of late. And and even, you know, way back when, they've also had some color reprints of the old Judge Dredd stories from 2000 AD that were typically in black and white. And this specifically is the essential Judge Dredd, the Apocalypse War. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard about this, Billy, but this is one of the most famous Judge Dredd storylines of all time. Have you heard of this storyline? Mm, no, I haven't, but you can. it's on Amazon. Oh, is it? Okay, so that yeah, means yeah, you, can, yeah. you can get in the States. Great. You know, I, yeah, I, 20, 20, 21 bucks, too, so not bad. Okay, then you have to get it, man. It is beautiful. It is basically a story uh, with art by Carlos Esquerra the Spanish master mm, uh, yeah. who's known for, you know, co-creating Judge Dredd along with John Wagner. And uh, John Wagner's also the writer, the seminal Judge Dredd writer um, for most of its run, you know, uh, of Judge of his time at 2080. He's still writing Judge Dredd stories to this day. And, um, you know, so he's had like a 35, almost a 40-year career just writing Judge Dredd and Strontium Dog and things like that. So John Wagner, mm -hmm. one of the greatest British comic book writers of all time, right up there with Pat Mills. And Carlos Esquera, my personal favorite 2080 artist. You know, he beats out even mm. guys like Brian Bolland. You know, um, that's how great he is. 
Wow. So, you know, this story, Billy, this is insane. This is mad. The Mega City, you know, Mega City 1 is attacked by the Soviet bloc, <laughs> you know, <laughs> soft, the soft bloc states, which is the Russians. At first, they poison the water supply. And that's block, it's called block mania. And all the people in the mega city tower blocks go insane and start slaughtering each other. So the judges <laughs> have to step in with that. But then things get ramped up to 11 when um, the soft block states have a full on nuclear scale attack on the mega, on mega city one uh, in the states. And they devastate, um, I'd say at least 70 or 80% of the population. And then Judge Dredd and his judges, this hardcore badass team of judges, have to to basically uh, do some guerrilla warfare on the invading Soviet troops, who's all dressed out in rad gear, you know, to stave off the radiation from this attack they've had. <laughs> and this is just a fantastic storyline. Eventually, of course, Dredd comes out on top, and the uh, the soft block states suffer severely. And Dredd just, you know, launches, you know, well, basically destroys everybody and just says the sentence is death. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this is a fantastic collection and it's in color and it looks beautiful. It doesn't only have Carlos Esquero art, you know, there's art by, I think, Brendan McCarthy. uh, But, you know, the majority of of it is Carlos Esquero. And I would recommend this to anybody because it's got so many mad scenes of death and destruction and um and and judge Dredd just being a total badass that you you can't not like it if you like action and sci-fi and this is of course not american comics this there's death there's blood on every page copious amounts of it so um you got to get this belief it's only 21 bucks it's a roaring good time judge Dredd, the apocalypse war and it's the essential judge Dredd specifically in color and that's cool. my recommendation, yeah, for this. Not not very weird. <laughs> not not in line with <laughs> Into the Weird, but that's just what I've been reading lately. You know, I I wasn't going to pick up this collection because I've got it in black and white in the, you know, Judge Dredd complete case files. But then I thought, okay, i got to treat myself to some color. And it, it, it looks great, really. The coloring didn't detract from, from the old art at all. Cool. Yeah, that's always good to hear. So, Billy, that brings us to our Allies of Agamotto. We're not going to insert a break in between. We're going to head straight into that. We've got some Allies of Agamotto to talk about. First off, a great email from a, from, from someone who, who's been following the show. And this is a gentleman by the name of Nigel. Uh, Nigel wrote us a fantastic email. It's a lengthy one, so I'm going to read it, and then we can talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Nigel says, Hi, Billy and Herman. I just wanted to let you know that I recently enjoyed listening to your podcast in which you listed your top five villains from the Bronze Age of Marvel Comics. <laughs> so so Nigel is a new listener. You know, he's catching up with the show. And that was a fun episode, right, Billy? Oh, my gosh. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> he says, this took him back to the 1970s, reading about titles such as Defenders, Werewolf by Night, Omega, amongst others. And it's nice to see the headmen were in there. They kind of had to be in there, right, Billy? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, he really likes this group, uh, mostly because of an appearance in Sensational She-Hulk 2 and 3, drawn by John Byrne. Now, I can't remember that, Billy. Did you ever read the oh, wow. Sensational She-Hulk with a headman making an appearance? No, honestly, uh, the only She-Hulk comics I have um, are 
there's an issue where she fought Man Thing, <laughs> of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and then maybe, and then maybe like one others, and that's it. That's all I have. Yeah, I also, you know, I'm a big She-Hulk fan. I love She-Hulk, but I haven't filled up my She-Hulk run at all, and I specifically don't have these two issues of, uh, you know, She-Hulk specifically. So weird, right? But um, I do love me some She-Hulk, so I'm going to have to track those down. Thanks for mentioning that, uh, Nigel. And then, Billy, we've got a comment. Uh, he, he continues saying that he also remembers Nebulon, the Celestial Man, because, after all, how could you not remember him after the first time you've seen him? This cosmic BG. Um, <laughs> but he read his second Defender's appearance first, so it came to a shock to Nigel when he later read the first appearance and saw his true form, <laughs> which we know what he looks like. Oh, yeah. It's monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, another villain, Billy, this is the part where you really um, uh, start to like old Nigel here. He says, another villain we brought out was Tatterdemalion. Yes. Yes. Good old Arnold Paffenroth, former actor and <laughs> tap dancer. Uh, Nigel says he actually had Werewolf by Night issue nine. And he made quite a few appearances in different titles other than the ones we mentioned, such as Spider-Woman number 50, Dazzler mm -hmm. number 36, Captain America <laughs> 30 to 31, West Coast Avengers volume 2, number 40, 76 to 79, as a member of the group Night Shift. Really, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got some tatterdemalion love, just like you do. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, that, that character is just crazy. Yeah, that first issue where he first appeared, Tom Sutton artwork too there. So, woo. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, I remember that, man. Mm -hmm. And then, you yeah. know, he goes on to say that a villain that he would include in his top five list has, uh, list has to be Lunatic with a K. Oh, yeah. Who appeared yeah. in Defenders. Yeah, we know him. And he randomly mm -hmm. attacked people uh, in that issue. And... um it was revealed that there were four different version of this, versions of this character on Earth who were fragments of a character mm -hmm. called Arisen Turk. Right, Billy? Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Turk first appeared in Creatures on the Loose number 35 starting Man-Wolf. Yeah. May mm -hmm. 1975, George Perez on art, right? David Anthony Kraft, uh, rest in peace there as the writer. And mm -hmm. he, uh, Nigel said, this man-wolf tale was concluded in issues 45 and 46 of Marvel Premiere. Billy, we're going to have to talk about those those issues. Man-wolf, when he became intelligent star god, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was like walking around like, you know, he was almost like a like a Luke Skywalker werewolf in space. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, he was. Or John this, Carter or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a John Carter is a better <laughs> analogy. Yeah, that's a good one. And then mm -hmm. um, Nigel finishes the email by saying, finally, one run I would like to hear you guys cover at some time would be the appropriately titled Weird World, Warriors of the Shadow Realm. Remember that, Billy? Mm, yeah, and I do have the Mar I think I have the Marvel premiere issues uh, of that storyline, but not anything. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Marvel fanfare. Yeah, I think it was in there and maybe even Marvel premiere, too. So I have some of that material, not all of it, though. Yeah, it's been recently been collected in like a, in a trade, which is like an epic collection side. Oh, size. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he says it was a great, fun, Tolkienish saga started as a nine page black and white mini story by Doug Munch and Mike Plug. We love those guys. Mm. And, mm -hmm. it, and he says oh, yeah. it grew into a beautifully rendered color epic by Munch and drawn by John Buscema and Rudy Nebris. Yep. So we're going to 
go for that, Nigel. We're definitely going to say we're going to talk about that in the future because you recommended it and it has to be spoken about, right, Billy? Because it's suitably mm-hmm. weird. And then Nigel finishes by saying, I look forward to more Bronze Age weird- weirdness. Nigel, what a terrific email. We really appreciate that. Uh, you've now become an honorary ally of Agamotto and you've made many great recommendations, which we'll get to, right, Billy? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And then, Billy, we've um, also got some news on our Patreon front. You know, not only mm-hmm. do we have to again thank uh, Brian and Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Daly <laughs> there and Brian Hansen for being our patrons. We've also got a new patron, and he's actually one of our very first and oldest allies of Agamotto. So, Billy, you mm-hmm. want to speak on who that gentleman is who signed up for our Patreon recently? Yeah, that's our buddy Slangword Scott. Um, that's right. You know, he's always been a huge supporter of the show. Um, always with the likes, the retweets, you know, uh, feedback. And he's he's always he's been there since the beginning. He was with you guys before, you know, you and Grant before I was even off a part of the show. He was, you know, around that that long. So, yeah, good guy. And uh, he decided to be, you know, the another ten dollar a month guy. So, man, we're, we're really uh, excited about that and happy to have him aboard and very thankful for him. Yeah, man. Great. Scott's been, like you said, been with us from the beginning. And he, um, you know, I also love following his Twitter account and I advise everybody to do so. I think it's at Scott Slangword. Let me just make mm-hmm. sure of that now. I think so. Yeah. And Scott, you know, he, um, he, he deals with a lot of comics issues, of course, but he's also uh, very quick to call out any, you know, injustices online and he doesn't do this in a in a fashion where it's uh you know preaching down to people or complaining you know he's he's a guy who's strong on his morals and you know he calls out evils wherever he sees them and and that's one one of the reasons i like his accounts you know yeah it's at scott slang word um on twitter he's a fantastic account to follow i would uh, recommend him to anybody if you want some good good talk and good conversation online follow scott so thanks for that scott and remember scott already got a bronze age alter ego from us right billy for sending in a five-star review but now that he signed up for the highest tier i'm gonna ascribe a second bronze age alter ego to him and scott billy you're also going to start compiling his care package Mm -hmm. so uh yeah thanks for all those uh allies of agamotto on the patreon we really appreciate you guys and speaking Absolutely. of Patreon, Billy, the, the second batch of new episodes are available. Am I right? Yep, they're up there now. So, you know, Scott can uh, listen to six right off the bat, you know, uh, our May, our June and our July uh, episodes. And then, you know, Ryan and Brian are uh, all uh, ready to download anytime they want with uh, the three new ones that just came out. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, as of this recording, it was yesterday, beginning of uh, July, right? And Yeah, um, July 1st. Yep. Yeah, so that's episode one and two of Dragons of Jive available, where we do Luke Cage, mm-hmm. Power Man, Iron Fist, and Master of Kung Fu Shang-Chi. And then episode one and two of our House of Licensed Ideas, where we do stuff like ROM, Shogun Warriors, you know, the Godzilla comic and Marvel, and of course, Micronauts. And then uh, the final one being Radio Free Hyboria, where we do the properties of Robert E. Howard, Conan, Cull, Red, Sonia, Solomon Kane, etc. And uh, two episodes mm-hmm. of each of those new shows are available. So yeah, you're right, Billy. Six in total. Uh, hopefully that'll you know um, provide some entertainment for our patrons. And we really, again, uh, much appreciate it. Thank you guys for supporting us. 
So, Billy, uh, that brings us to the end of another Into the Weird. And that is mm-hmm. weird because it feels like we just recorded the other day, but maybe that's because we've been doing the AssCast, <laughs> the World on Fire <laughs> and All-Star Squadron podcast. You and I have been recording a lot lately. Uh, but it's been fun, mm-hmm. man, and I want to thank you for all the good times so far. Oh, yeah, you're welcome, and thank you as well. It's a Podcasting is it's a good escape from the you know shenanigans of the real world the jobs and the other crazy stuff going on so i always look forward to podcasting and you and me oh man between all-star squadron and into the weird and our patreon episodes and then another thing we're cooking up behind the scenes oh yeah we're gonna be (laughs) i'm probably gonna talk to you more than i am my wife (laughs) (laughs) oh For Marie, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm already doing that. You know, my family, I'm severely neglecting them because of the podcast, mm-hmm. but all in good fun. Or <laughs> right, that sounds pretty serious. I should probably get back to them, spend some quality time with them after this recording. <laughs> but you know, before we go, we'll leave the listeners with a bit of a message, right? Believe, stay weird. You know, reading comics used to be weird way back when. Now it's cool, but let's make it weird again because weird is cool. Mm-hmm. It's always been the same thing. And uh, Mm -hmm. we invite you listeners to weird out with us next week, or in two weeks' time, I should say, as we come back for another episode of Into the Weird. So with that, it's bye from me. All right, stay weird, everybody. Cheerio.